Now, I want to say I wasn't planning to preach today, so I came up with something that's kind of off the charts, but it fits in with our schedule, as you'll see. But if there are any of you here today who have it all figured out, have a clear picture of where you're going in life and don't have any challenging choices ahead of you, the sermon is not for you, so you can, you can leave now. I saw that. I, I may have shared this before, but you know, you start crystallizing things as, as you come to the climax of your life and say, what are the important things I've learned about life? And so one of the things that has um, stuck out to me is that I've learned to change this rule of thumb. Basically, we've learned, don't just stand there, do something. And now, at this point in my life, I've changed there that to don't just do something, stand there. <laughs> and I have found that it works, you know. And if I don't run off and act on my impulse, but I stand still for even a, a second or two, I make better decisions. Um, when in doubt, don't. Our theme this uh, several months now has been on our Bible, the question book. And uh, we've seen that there are many profound questions in the Bible. Well, I'm posing one today, which is really a generic question. And it, has, it comes up in the Bible in a number of different ways. What should I do to be saved? What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Paul, after his conversion, said, here I am, Lord, what, what shall I do? And in our everyday life, we have that same question. So that's going to be our question today. And we do find ourselves faced with issues from every direction around us. Sometimes we don't know which decision to make first. The things we try to do when we're facing a problem like this. Well, what should I do? Well, the first thought that comes to us is we gotta do something, right? So what should I do? I've gotta confront the problem. And of course, the problem is there and, and we do have to act and we sometimes have to act decisively, but we probably don't have to act right now. Okay? And the problem with this is when you act right now, you're trusting your instincts, and your instincts aren't very good. At least mine aren't. My first impulse. If I always did what my first impulse was, some of you would be wounded, I know. <laughs> uh, I would certainly be very wounded. And then, you know, those of you who are in science uh, uh, can tell me what Newton's third law of motion is. You can, it's stated a number of ways. One common way is every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Well, if I am anxious to confront the problem, I take actions that have reactions and often make the situation worse. 
and I take matters into my own hands, I end up bringing my own problems into the choice. So I've got to learn, there's a phrase that's kind of modern today and people get it, stay in your own lane, you know. And, uh, and that's something I have to learn, not try to solve other people's problems or all the problems in the universe, but deal with the things that I have to deal with. What should I do? The second approach that we take to what should I do is we turn the problem inward. Uh, we live in the United States of anxiety. Oh man, it comes us from every direction. And if we turn it all inward, inside of us is gonna be a boiling cauldron. Some of us know what that means to the point where we've had to take medication or maybe even had serious breakdowns in our lives because we internalized issues that we thought we had to solve. And these issues uh, kind of turned on us. They become problems beyond what they were. And another thing we do, this may take a little more explanation, but what should I do? Well, I should do penance. <laughs> well, if you're a Catholic, you probably know what doing penance means. But we all have our ways of doing penance. If we, if we feel unable to address something over here, we address something over here. We can't solve the problem at work. We have an eating disorder that we have. And maybe the eating disorder is just stuffing food in our mouths. Or maybe we fast and we prove that we mean well by fasting. Our, our way, think about your own personal way of doing penance, of making yourself feel like you're behaving, like you're being a good Christian, instead of addressing the actual problem. This is doing penance. Uh, what should I do? Well, of course, I should pray. We think of that. But when you say pray, that means if the answer hasn't come, I haven't prayed enough, so I pray harder. And I pray more. And when have I prayed enough? And so prayer uh, becomes a burden. And the prayer itself, uh, God knows the decision. He knows what should be done. Our prayer is a placeholder, I think. It is a way of putting ourselves in tune with God, making ourselves ready for what it is he wants to accomplish. But the idea that we're gonna solve the problem by praying, I don't think that's a biblical idea. And, and if we pray and pray hard and pray much and the problem has a solution and we take credit for that, uh, we, we've created a new problem. Praying for a sign, for a revelation, a word from the Lord, we never get the clear word we're looking for. So prayer is important, but it's not the solution to the problem. What should I do? Of course, the impulse to think it through, to strategize, to use the mind uh, God has given to you. 
you can't solve the problem right away by addressing it with your own instincts. But you can't keep yourself from thinking about it. I mean, you will think about it. And you'll mull it over. And it will weigh on you. But these possible solutions aren't going to resolve the problem. Your mind is not going to solve it for you. You'll lose a lot of sleep. That's for your, for sure. And every once in a while, you come to an answer in the middle of your sleep. Isn't that funny? I, I do that. I come to some good sermon ideas. I've even jumped out of bed and gone to the, to the desk and started to write it down and forgot what it was. <laughs> so when you have all these impulses about what to do, say to yourself, stop. Now, what should I do? Here's a suggestion. I don't know, maybe it won't sound biblical to you, but I'm going to put it on the table. What should I do? Nothing. Okay, that's the end of the sermon. <laughs> you know, you think, you strategize, you consult, you pray, you maybe internalize it, maybe you do some penance over it, but when you realize none of those things are solving your problem, why don't you try doing nothing? Now, doing nothing isn't going to solve the problem, but it's a prelude to solving the problem. You've got to assume the right posture. Now, I'm going to try to take this home with a familiar biblical passage. But remember, I started by talking about and don't just stand there, do something. And then I added, don't just do something, stand there. Now I'm going to add, don't just do something, lay there. Okay? And we're going to turn to Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Probably a favorite verse of many of us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. There are four verbs, all action verbs, in these two verses. And we're going to look at these four words, these four verbs. The first one is trust. So that's what we're asked to do, to trust. That's the number one thing, trust. But what does that really mean? There are a number of Hebrew words translated trust, but the most common word and the one used here is an interesting word. In Hebrew, its roots go back and become kind of shadowy. But if you look at cognate languages, Arabic and Akkadian nearby languages, the root meaning of this word for trust is to prostrate yourself before someone. When the king, when an enemy conquers your people, you prostrate before the abject, I am at your mercy. If you want to kill me, kill me. That kind of prostration. That's what this word trust means. Trust means I'm out of things to do. I lay down my arms. Now this picture is a picture of a priest. It's part of a ceremony in the ordination of priests in the Catholic church. But it, it, it just reminds me of the posture 
that we should have as we try to make the hard decisions of life. It is not just stand there before you do something, but it's more profound, it's lay there. It's remind yourself of the role you have in God's eternity. It doesn't revolve around you and around this decision. So you have to give up to whatever his agenda is. And that is utter capitulation. Trust the Lord, it says, with all your heart. Now that is, the word heart has a breadth of meaning. Sometimes it means yourself, your, your soul, your whole body, soul, and spirit. And I think that's what it means here. Trust the Lord with your whole self. The conquered enemy lays down totally, is totally at the mercy of. Now I'll tell you, when I talked to Pastor Connie on Wednesday morning, the day after our staff meeting, when she was still wound up with ideas, the end of our staff meeting, and when I talked to her on Wednesday morning, I heard a bass voice, oh, and I asked how she was doing, and here's what she said. I have not been able to get vertical. That's the posture we have to have. Now, she came to that because COVID brought her down. And she had to bow before that tiny little virus. How humiliating. Yeah, that's humiliation. Bowing before God and reminding ourselves that God is God is the beginning of knowing what we should do. Maybe while we're lying down there, it gets to be a long ceremony, maybe we fall asleep. <laughs> but that's okay because God's gonna be the one to act. Let's see. The second verb in this verse, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. I've used the traditional King James here because it has that word lean in it and I checked the Hebrew and it really does mean that. It's like leaning on something. There's an interesting difference between trusting and leaning. The word trust that's totally abject but leaning on something is you're still standing. You know, I need a little support but I'm, I'm, I'm still standing. So lean not on what? On your own understanding. Some of you have pretty good understanding. And your capacity for sorting things out, for solving problems, but you got to be humble about that. No matter what we've learned in life, we can still screw everything up. How deep really is your understanding of yourself, of other people, of situations? Is it complete? Is it accurate or is it just a shadow on the wall trust lean not on your own understanding acknowledge him in all your ways the third verb is acknowledge and this word just means to recognize to make it clear make it objectively clear so that you do bow before God but now remind yourself that you bow before God 
Remind yourself that you're face down on the ground. Acknowledge it in all your ways. Not just some of your ways, not just when you pray, yes, now I am, I am, I am humble before God, and I say amen, and I get up and say, now how can I solve this? <laughs> not just when you worship, but all in all your ways. Assume the posture. Not just superficial submission, but whole person submission. And that means that, you know, a, a lot of the image we put out there of having it together it makes others lean on us. A lot of that is going to be questioned because we don't have all the answers. And we need to be humble about that before we can help ourselves or anyone else. Now the fourth verb in this verse or in these verses is he shall direct your path. So there's a change here. The first three, I am the subject. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm lean not, leaning not on my own understanding. I'm acknowledging in all my ways that he is who he is. But now the directing comes from him. The action comes from him. The direction comes from God. The initiative or the motivation comes from God. And the doing comes from God. Now, this may sound like magic, hocus pocus, because in the end, you're going to be doing something. But really, if, if you have the proper subservience before God, if you really are on your face in submissive trust, then it won't be your act, but it'll be his act. He is the one initiating it. He is the one deciding the way to go and telling you that this is the right way to go. So, rock bottom, there are really only two options. And it is trusting God or trusting yourself. Whether it's trusting your instincts, your gut feeling, your logical plan, your careful analysis, your experience in life. It's got to be trusting him. It's got to be face down on the ground. As we started saying, what should I do? Do nothing. But be ready for him to do something. Because if you have that posture before him, he's going to shake you into action. And it won't be your first thought. It'll be your thought after submitting. And when it happens, it will be spirit-led it will be the right direction, and it will be accomplishing God's purposes. It begins with total trust. It begins with laying down an abject submission, admitting that only he knows what is best for you and for this whole universe of people and things and actions and places. He is the God of all. And if you wait before him and acknowledge that and do nothing until he makes you do something, I think you will come up with his will in your life. Lord, we ask that you will help us to 
apply this in exactly the way you want it to be applied. Um, if my interpretation has gotten in the way, I pray that you will overrule that. But I pray that you will speak to us all about the assurance we can have if we lay down our arms, if we submit to you, if we totally trust you and acknowledge you in all our ways. In Jesus' name, amen. We meet in Altadena every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific, both in the sanctuary and on YouTube. Most other events will be starting up soon, but if you need prayer now, please reach out to us at altabapprayer at aol.com. And again, as always, we pray God's blessings on you this week.